CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Grace the Pie is boarded up. Yeah, it's closed. Just that one? I don't know if there's any left. Really? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. But I mean, that was, you know. And it, that at was New York one. institution. Yeah. I mean, that's the one I was going to since I was a kid. Yeah, drunk 15 year old. Jeez. Most of the time I go to the one on the Upper West Side if I ever go. Yeah, sad. Um, we'll uh, use that as the image. All right. Well, Grace Papaya closed. Brian will send the image in to Carrie Dan. <laughs> Have we just been talking? Yeah. <laughs> did I say Did I say when I was a drunk 15-year-old? Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you want to start I, over? No. No, no. No, it was legal to drink at 15 when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Your mom's not going to travel back in time to yell at the principal for you, eh? No. No. All right, so um, we're on the corner of Gay and uh, Christopher. Christopher yeah. and Gay today. Uh, not Gay and Waverly because I didn't have any money, so we went to a different... Yeah. Coffee institution where you can well, use a With credit more card. free benches. Yeah, that's true. Um, so today begins Top 8 Magic's uh, review of Born of the Gods. Is this really a review or is this sort of our casual preview of the review? Like, we usually do it. We're going to do a big Yeah, we're going to do like a serious review. We'll do a serious but, review, but we're going to start talking about it. Yeah, the cards. I really kind of want to mourn Grace Papaya. So for those of you who don't know, Grace Papaya is a New York institution. Uh, they basically serve hot dogs. Yeah, I mean, it was like the idea is it was like two cheap hot dogs and a, like a papaya drink or some other sort of weird sugar and fruit based concoction. For like for a dollar. Like, oh, a dollar way back when and eventually went up to like. A dollar 25. <laughs> yeah, a dollar 75. Whatever. Well, that's some reasonable. Somehow it's not but there it a, anymore. But it was a good hot dog, right? It was like, yeah. a, it was like a crispy, good hot dog. Like a really onions, good hot dog. Like a really good hot dog. And like, you know, just something. And they were always open, right? It was like 24 hours a day. Um, and I didn't realize it closed it. Yeah, kind of sad. I mean, I just walked by there. Like, like all last week, people were posting these Save Grace Papaya uh, posts on Facebook. And I was like, I walked by and I was like, oh, I should, you know, I should definitely grab a hot dog in case the, the you know, the movement doesn't uh, gain any traction. And then it was like, nope, they're closed. How, they're do, you save, how do you save a privately owned business just... Or you, try, you, or you try to bring some pressure on the landlord. I mean, basically, the landlord was raising the rent from $30,000 a month to $50,000 a month. Like, I would, I would assume, though, if you're a New York realtor, like, or if you're a New York, you know, landlord, like, there's got to be some value in being able to say that you're, you know, you're the realtor of Grey's Papaya as seen on Sex in the City, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, you have this very being the owner of a, you know, kind of world-famous spot. I feel like there's got to be some more creative way for you to benefit from renting to that person. Do you want me to keep talking while you chew? I don't understand the real estate biz at all. Um, the uh, Well, yeah, the idea is you get as much money as you possibly can. But not really. Like, um, you know, I moved, I moved last year, and uh, I'll let this bus pass. And we were looking at this apartment that... Um, in, in fitting Top 8 Magic fashion, it was not only a school bus, but it was a school bus with a chainsaw-wielding madman killing small yeah. children. Well, I don't obviously. know if you could hear the screams no, over the rumble over, of over. the out-of-tune bus. So, like, um, I'm ready to, like, 
I thought a kind of a reasonable offer on this apartment, and it was, uh, you know, far less than they were asking. But like, you know, just typical New York real estate, like, they were like lying for how long it had been on the market. Sure. And if you just annualized what I offered them, it had been on the market for like two months where they were collecting no rent, you know? Right, like, right. That's what I understand. Like, oh, I'm going to arbitrarily say that my plot of land is <laughs> worth $50,000 instead of $30,000, right? But now that I'm going to close this down, I'm just not going to receive the $30,000 in rent for a while. Yeah. Some future date, I might get a tenant for $50,000. Who knows? You know, if a, if a long-time well-known institution like Grace Papaya can't make it work at $30,000, I mean, $50,000, what makes you think that somebody else is going to be right. able to? Some frozen yogurt giant. Yeah, like 75% of <laughs> restaurant-ish businesses fail in the first right. two years. Right. Like, it, it's, uh, it, you know, Morimoto and Todd English can only open so many restaurants. <laughs> Uh, I guess the Momofuku guys always paying yeah. for an all-in-one. <laughs> he could he could do like yeah some kind of uh, hot dogs, some kind of uh, Japanese-inspired uh, hot dog dishes. That'd be pretty sweet. You want to get bows after this? Yeah, I'll get bows. I'll get bows. We're gonna go to bow house. Yeah. Sweet. So in the meantime, though, we're gonna talk about Born of the Gods, which. Preview started this week. I have, a, I have a preview card going up on Friday. I'm pretty excited. But until then, we can't talk about that. We're only working from the official spoiler. We're not going to speculate on cards that... Uh, Might be translated poorly from another language. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, this is... the One of the cards came today was... Sweets uh, are so rarely worth it. Like, this is like... It looks so good. It's not even that good. No. It yeah. looks it looks pretty yummy. What is it? Peanut butter cookie. Oh. It seems, seems like it should be You fun. know what's delicious? I had a BLT Prime near Zvi's house like three weeks ago. Yeah. And the steak was okay. I mean, it's fine. You know, hard yeah. to complain. Right. But the desserts were unbelievable. Oh, oh, by the way, before we talk about magic, I know you may still not want to talk about the Cavaliers, mm -hmm. but I am actually prepared to talk about the Knicks at this point. Yeah. I won some games. They're playing well. What do you think the catalyst is? Getting, they got Tyson back some, right? Tyson's been out for most of this current winning streak, actually. He got, came back it's, some. It's, he came back some. It's actually stat. Like, Stoudemire's just been playing really well. He led the team in scoring for the first time since maybe year one of his contract the other night. <laughs> uh, Melo's just playing a really well-rounded game. He's, he's just passing the ball. Like, I think his line the other night was 18-9-7, which is like... A really, and it was really just an efficient, well played game for him. A really LeBron James line. Yeah, no, it was. It was. I mean, he, he's really. They beat them. The Heat. They beat the, yeah. And again, he played it. He played it. He he played the hell out of that game. Mala. Like, he was, he, you know, he, he applied himself, as they used to say when I would, you know, do well in a class. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Brian really applied himself in this one. You know, LeBron was on Twitter the other night, and he said, the two toughest covers in the NBA are Melo and KD, which, I don't know. Do you think that's probably true? Uh, I mean, I, th I mean, I think the things that make Melo tough are probably also the things that make him an inefficient player in the minds of a lot of more statistically oriented uh, basketball analysts other than LeBron James. Like, the thing is, when Melo's hot, he can just put the ball up for me. Like, he's playing a game of horse. Well, I was just thinking about it, like, what you pointed out many times, LeBron's heads up against Melo isn't particularly good. No, no, no. So, Melo, Melo plays really so well I against... think it probably feels a certain way to LeBron. <laughs> like, 
I can't really believe that like Mellow's a tougher co- a tougher cover than Kevin Love, right? How could that be possible, right? Because Kevin Love's Kevin Love though is a little more lumbering that he's not as he's not as fast, Mello. but he can literally score at a high at a high percentage sure. from anywhere on that side of the sure. field. But maybe maybe and not as easily like a, against LeBron. I don't know. Like, or, uh, there are other players you you can think of. Like LeBron right. could see himself covering. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I think LeBron has looked pretty helpless playing as Rajon Rondo at his best. You know, like I don't know. A lot of players have. I mean, Rondo at his best is is, is an insane ball offensive player. player you know? All right. So speaking of defense, let's let's talk about Nick's board shield mate and Nick's awkward and shield. awkward transitions. All right. So <laughs> it's a one-two for for White. That's like a a squire. A, nah, no, a squire has an extra mana. Oh, that's true. So might, this, Squire might have seen some play at one, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. think about the era that it came out. Yeah. You know, we weren't spoiled with our Isamaru Hound of Konda's extra so, power. So this is, this is this is a this is a bestowed creature. Uh, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus two, and it has bestowed 2W. What, so that's what an if, expensive holy string. Yeah, it is an expensive holy string. What has your impression been of bestow as we've as we've gone through the entire course of uh Thorough so far. I still don't understand uh, the Seder that people play. Boom Seder? Yeah, Boom Seder. Like, you're like, oh, it's such a great card, etc. And I'm play- played against it dozens of times at this point. And For I'm our just- Seattle fans, we can call it the Legion of Boom Seder. So, obviously I've lost with sometimes, but most of the time it just doesn't matter. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't understand. Like, so you have like a haste guy. Okay. Okay. What if you just had this like four two flash haste guy or whatever like <laughs> wouldn't, I, wouldn't you ra- wouldn't okay, you rather play I, a skylasher? <laughs> like, like I agree that exists. I mean like I I don't, I don't understand. I still don't get why people thought it was so good. I was playing with it like just just the other day and the thought that went through my head was literally we're at the point in the game where I cannot possibly lose if I just if I don't just tap out on my own turn every turn. You know, he could potentially kill me with um, Advent of the Worm or something, if he had sure, something like that. Sure. But, I mean, if I just don't just tap all my mana on my own turn every turn, I just can't lose. Like, oh, boom. Because you're fearing the Boon Seder? Yeah, this is not going to happen, right? Like, yeah. I'll, like... So, so is that, that's the most successful we haven't that's seen? That's the most successful one. Right. I mean, I, I always... Night, Night Howard hasn't made any impact. Not really. I mean, like, my worst case scenario is, like, I will just block with my Night Veil Spectre, you know? Like, yeah. they'll trade. I've, but, I've, I've kind of... I've, I felt like at some point maybe we would see... Uh, Leaf Crown Dryad make some see some play. I thought he was get that he was my top pick for yeah. I thought for bestows I thought, I, and he hasn't done it. I thought maybe we, he, he would see some play like like people want like you're a mono green deck against Night Vale Specter and like you know you put that on your elf and so I, I, I was thinking Leaf Crown Dryad is really like the budget option like maybe you could like somebody who doesn't have as much money or whatever could have like a playable deck. Yeah, that was actually what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't he hasn't made any. I impact. mean. Let's not. Let's be clear. Nick's board shieldmate is not getting played in limited not or constructed. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I'm yeah, sure I play this play in limited. limited. I'm just um, really one, two for, I mean, for whatever. Three. I mean, I'm, he's going into my pauper deck for sure. I don't understand. So, so you, if I you put it in pauper cube, cube I, after I left last yeah. week, and that went put well. Put imperial armor on this guy. Does he have a lot more text that well, I don't know about? Well, he's an enchantment. About? Yeah, I know he's an enchantment. So then he would get two. It would be plus two, plus two from the imperial armor. You mean ethereal armor? No, imperial armor. No, ethereal armor. I'm okay. sorry. You're right. Yeah, no, no, imperial. I'm sorry. I'm just whatever. 
Uh, I was about, like really confused. Imp- Imperial for a armor is a card that's not in the Popper Cube. Well, I was, I was yeah. obviously very yeah, yeah. confused. Yes, yes, yes. About yes. What that card does. You're right. Ethereal armor. I'm sorry. Ethereal uh, armor plus two plus two. I guess remember, you know, Sean Hammer Rainer. I want to. I want to go. Like you could play this on turn one. Yeah. Or hopeful Eidolon better, and then on turn two play two Ethereal armors yeah. and attack for seven. My formative years in Magic: The Gathering. Um, uh, Sean Hammer Rainer said. He's playing a blue-white deck, go figure, right? He's like, let me teach you about creature enchantments. His opponent had, like, an, an, an Imperial Armor, and he played a Mana War, bouncing the guy, so he lost his Imperial Armor, and then played a Curiosity on his guy and attacked. He's like, this is how you play creature enchantments. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> sure. Um, Oresco's Sun Guide, also a common. So, um... 1W. Creature Cat Monk, 2-2, two, two, and this is a new mechanic. Yeah. This is Inspired. And right. Inspired is basically whenever the creature becomes untapped, do something. you do something. So that could happen easily from, you know, untapping after you've attacked. attacked yeah. Or maybe your opponent cryptic commanded you. Or you, you could have <laughs> um, an opponent who has a blind obedience in play, right? Sure. That's, a, yes. I think, a... That's pretty sweet. Yeah. If you can make your opponent play that. And Some people die. just like to play it, you know? <laughs> so, th- in anyway, this case. Yeah, in this case, whenever Oresco's Sun Guide becomes untapped, you gain two life. So, this one's not bad. He's a good racer. Yeah. I could see him being played. I could, oh, I could certainly see him being played. I don't know. Uh, and again, I mean, we'll get to the card in a little while, but there's a, a pretty efficient way to tap and untap your. or tap your creatures, even if they're not attacking. So, the, the thing about uh, the Sun Guide, though, is he's kind of small. Like, from a stats perspective, he's pretty much just like a fresh volunteer, you know? Sure. And so, you know, nobody's really scared of him in combat. Like, how do you get him through to the point that he's untapping? Well, I mean, you have uh, you have a card like Spear of Heliod. Oh, you make him a little bigger. Yeah, like you make him. Okay. I mean, it's a white. It's a white deck. What are you? That's what are you gonna do? Yeah, but the other white what, guys like. What if you put Nyxborn Shieldmate on him? Like, I mean, the really dangerous ones like the Presic. Is it Presic Captain? Yeah. White, yeah. white for this. Yeah. That guy, he comes in. You can't battle him easily on account of he has first strike. Let me tell you something. This guy would be a lot better if he had white white. Yeah. <laughs> if he cost white white. He's like first strike and like, make a sapperling, and then also when you want to no, gain I, two white. No, this guy doesn't need to do anything else. He just has to say white white. Oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> like, he would be devoted. Like, yeah, like I, w- I wonder if cards got notched down in their casting costs because of devotion. You remember we used to talk about cards like Magus of the uh, Magus of the Bazaar, like. What was the development process that where we ended up with Magus of the Bazaar at this casting cost of this power? I was, I was playing with Magus of the Candelabra this weekend. Yeah, I, I had that in my first draft. It, it didn't make the cut it, yeah, on account it's, of it's, uh, pri- Primal Command. Is yeah, the, yeah, is where it's yeah. where it's at. Yeah, so we'll get to that later. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, all right, archetype of imagination. This is so you, a, this you, is one of the pre-release cards. I what believe. do you think about using the word archetype in the the name of a card? Isn't that kind of Kind of dickish. Uh, it's already a magic word. I, I mean, it's sort of a magic word, right? It's not an official magic word. It's not an official word, right? All right. I mean, I, I kind of like it, actually. Um, I don't know if you saw, by the way, before we went on the air, and Land, I just saw an email from Land. Basically, Fox announced the magic movie. Really? Yeah, I mean, if you want, I can... No. No, we'll come back. We'll cover that later. Somebody will talk about it. Yeah, I mean, week. everyone will talk about it. Uh, archetype of imagination for you you uh oh no this isn't uncommon this isn't one of the pre-release cards enchantment creature human wizard 
Creatures you control have flying. Uh, creatures your opponent control lose flying and can't have or gain flying. So he's like an interesting wonderish type card, right? But yeah. you gotta actually cast them one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's awesome and like limited. I was actually thinking about applications for construct. He's pretty expensive, right? But yeah. you know, he's kind of an overrun. You know. Sure. Uh, is he? I mean, he's a kind of expensive for an overrun. Yeah, I mean, and really, like, what what situation in constructor are you like, man? If I could only get my creatures through <laughs> their creatures, and their guys couldn't fly. <laughs> All right. Oh, I guess. Although, although maybe in some sort of, I actually, what about in a mono blue devotion deck, where maybe like a block variant of it, yeah. where you have Nick those trying to Nix. So like, oh, you could just so summon like, him. So you could just summon him pretty easily, and then all of your tokens, all of your Master of Wave tokens, oh, you just demolish suddenly just, yeah. Yeah, still not good enough, Yeah, probably. yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, Ashiox Adept, uh, 2B, Human Wizard with Heroic. This is a second black card, I think, with Heroic. The first one was uh, Tormented Hero in the last set. Oh, no, third. No, there was, no, the was also guy the Assassin too. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ashiox Adept, 2B, Heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Ashiox Adept, each opponent discards a card. One three. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that seeing a lot of constructive no. play. How about limited? He doesn't have enough board presence, though, right? I don't know. I've played like. I mean, he has enough board presence to slow your opponent down, though, right? Like sometimes you. I mean, ask Becker. Sometimes you just need to play a one three. <laughs> On turn three. On turn three. Um, I mean, you have to. You have to get I, ready I to could, load him up with I some. Could, I could see where this guy's fine. I could see where this guy's fine and limited. I mean, he's not going to be great. He's going to be like kind of like the Satessin priest or whatever. You're going to be pissed when you lose to it. Like, I, there, there's yeah. a whole class of cards where you're pissed yeah. when you lose to it. I think that he fits in there. Yeah, against some of like the green fatty dinosaur decks that that Satan oh. loves so much that are you know take maybe a couple turns to get set up. You know, you might, you might eat some dinosaurs. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, this is a card you were writing about. This card today, yeah. so Seer. last night. You could tell when I put a blog post up because it means that I had, like, other more important things to do. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, look, a magic card. I guess I'll write about it. And um, so it's funny. Uh, I wrote about it, and at the time I didn't know about a card that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, and I was just kind of comparing it to Dark Confidant. And Whack-A-Doodle, what time is it now? Um, 7, 7.08 on uh, the next day, Monday. Yeah. Like, this, like, random blog post I put up where my Facebook... My Facebook widget is broken, so you can't write the comments in. <laughs> I don't know how to fix it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, has like 50 likes, and like multiple, uh, multiple Pro Tour top eight competitors are like discussing this, <laughs> this thing that I wrote. I'm like, I wish the Facebook thing works because then you would see it on the page. Sure. Other than not, rather than just on my wall. Right, okay? right, right, so, right. But the funny thing is, like Bob Maher participated a lot because I said so you know, let's read the card so people can understand oh yeah, sure, why course. Bob Maher might have commented yeah. so uh, here. So it's 2-2 two, two for 1B so same cost as Bob but with one extra point of toughness yeah so it's a 2-2 two, 2-2 two. Two, two. and then uh, has inspired which we've already talked about and so whenever Painseer becomes untapped reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand you lose life equal to that card's converted mana cost. So it's like a, a time-delayed, conditional Dark Confidant, right? Right. So my, like if you play this on turn two, under normal circumstances... You will not draw a card. You're not going to draw a card until turn four, maybe. So the um, the knock against it is you pretty much have to be red zoning to be drawing a card. So right. especially on turn three, the first turn that you're going to have with this guy loose... You're not going to get the card where that was often the only card you got with Dark Confidant, right? right. You get it, and then like by the two turns out, your opponent maybe it 
thought about destroying your dark confidant, had the tools to destroy your dark confidant. Um, but the, uh, you know, I, I obviously came to the conclusion that this card is not as good as dark confidant, despite yeah. its extra toughness, because of this time delayed, con, you know, conditional uh, thing. But I, along the way, I said that dark confidant was the most overrated creature of all time, <laughs> and so so Bob said. Which I, I feel like you you consistently say out of contrariness. I play a lot of Dark Confidant. Yeah. I respect Dark Confidant. I think it's a good card. It's a good card. I've never said it's not a good Magic the Gathering card. I just think that people think it's just this mono good card. Correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm misremembering this. Didn't Bob himself lose in the finals of the Vintage Championship in the 75-card mirror to Owen Turtenwald because he flipped an Inkwell Leviathan with himself? Yes. That's true. It's a yeah, true story, a true right? Story. He's or, winning the I mean, game. He flipped a card and killed himself. It was himself. an ink, ink yeah, 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 yeah. To kill himself and oh, that, that's and there was like the seventy five. That, that, that's that's one result that doesn't invalidate. That is not the that's, that's one result that doesn't I mean, like, invalidate the, the card. Games go this way. Like I'm in no, the no. finals of a PTQ, and we read this guy for for uh, for Shining Shoal. So I'm like, Paul, don't attack. He, I think he has Shining Shoal, right? And like if he attacks, the shining shell's gonna kill Paul. He's like, well, what do you mean don't attack? What should I do? I'm like, it's dark confident, but he's probably just gonna die. So Paul's like, alright, pass the dude like flips over Ghost Council of Horzova and he's dead. Like, I mean I I think that in my personal experience, I have killed at least as many players with their dark confidants yeah. as I have lost to their I, dark I, confidant I, card I, advantage. I think at the players, least. I think I think most of the times I've seen this. Yeah. Dark Confidant was flipping over Wild McCoddles and Tribal Flames. And, uh, so you know... That, let's, let's talk about that for a second, right? My, my main thesis, and this is why I think I kind of got on this thread of Dark Confidant being overrated, is if you look at Dark Confidant in its natural habitat, it's, it's, I, in my opinion, it's like its central habitat for a long time, obviously not anymore, but for years was extended, right? Yeah. Right, so... The card was okay in standard, was played in some good standard decks, and then also ignored in... Like, yeah. if you think about Ravnica block standard, the leading black deck and arguably the leading deck of all standard at the time was Solar Flare, and that didn't play Dark Confidant because the creatures were so expensive, right? right. So it wasn't even really, like, universally played in black decks in standard. Um, and, you know, there was that black-red snow deck. It wasn't even that popular uh, that, that Dark Confidant was playing. It wasn't really that popular in standard. But in Extended, it had a long reign of decks that it played in. And I got on this idea that Dark Confidant is hella overrated, because if you look at the archetypes over time, they improved by removing Dark Confidant. <laughs> so you're talking about Tribal Flames and Wild Nakatos. When you first introduced me to the idea of Tomohiro Saito as being an elite deck designer of Zoo, what was the hallmark of Tomohiro Saito's deck? <laughs> it was Night of the Reliquary. Yeah, and he was so it's a three-color Naya deck, and his big step was taking Dark Confidant out of he Zoo. Went, he went a different direction. Yeah, and he won, like, three consecutive extended Grand Prix this way, okay? Then if you get to, like, um, Brian Kibler's Austin and uh, uh, Andre Coimbra's World Championships were, were again playing extended Zoo decks as being the central deck of the format, again, you see these decks with no Dark Confidant, either in, in the Punishing Fire Zoo deck that that Brian Kibler played, or in the Bant Zoo deck that um, that Andre Coimbra used to, to uh, go undefeated in the extended portion on the way to winning with Nia Lightsaber. This is just the story of cutting Dark Confidant from Zoo decks. Now, look, oh, that's one archetype. It's not just one archetype. Remy Fortier's Chase Rares deck, right? Uh, a, a wizard-based uh, counterbalance top deck, winner of the extended Pro Tour this yep. year, 
The next year you have next level blue and previous level blue, whose hallmarks are polychromatic blue counterbalance sex. Who, the big innovation is we cut Dark Confidant. I think it's really hard to make an argument that this creature is really that good if all these archetypes improve solely by removing Dark Confidant. Right? Do, do you see? It's not like he played such expensive cards, right? When when Tom Lapilli won with uh, Next Level Blue, um, you know, before he went to R and D, I think his last big thing was winning a extended PTQ with Magic Shape. It's like I think they played some Loxit on Hierarchs, right? Like, it's, if you just want to talk about cards from Ravnica block, you know, we had we had Loxit on Hierarch as number one, and we didn't even play Dark Confidant in our team in our team block deck, sure. which might might have been wrong, right? Tomohiro Saito himself played it. Yeah. Uh, you know, they played it a vastly different configuration from us, but. I can confidently say I think the card's quite good. Uh, you know, I've played it in Legacy a bunch. Uh, it's not even universally played in Esper in Legacy, right? Sure. More than fifty percent of the Esper Esper Stoneblade decks don't play Dark Confidant. They it, they could very well be playing Dark Confidant. They instead choose to play cards from True Name Nemesis, Geist of Saint Trapper, Lingering Souls. Right. And they have the colors for it. They have the drops for it. They've got another body that generates card advantage that you could stick a sword onto. They just choose not to play it. Um, this is a... Uh, I think this is bad testimony for Dark Confidant. And so... Um, so maybe, maybe I love card, you, Bob. Maybe card, it's good. Maybe, a good maybe the card's actually underrated. Maybe Zach's right. <laughs> you think that makes it underrated? <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are clearly not playing it enough. <laughs> but the decks win more by removing it. That's the that's a goofball thing. So I said... So, you know, Bob's all, like, crying on my Facebook wall, and I'm like, look, if it's any constellation, I think the second most overrated creature of all time is Tarmogoyf. <laughs> He's like, great, Mike. Even more overrated than Tarmogoyf. The daggers continue. <laughs> so, yeah. uh... But, but back to Painseer. So, I mean, like, if you think Dark Confidant's overrated, yeah. this card is obviously much more difficult to work with. I actually like this card a lot. Yeah. I think there's a lot of possibility to it, uh, uh, Jake Van Lunen uh, on Facebook today pointed out you just play it in a deck with a lot of point removal. He sure. just keeps getting in, and then you untap and get extra cards. Like a cards. red black aggro yeah. deck. I think it's probably fantastic sure. in that kind of a I deck. Got, or in a green black deck, I've got two words for you. You know, because people are obviously going to want to block this, right? Yeah. So you need to, you know, trick them in combat. Boon Seder. <laughs> Your strategy is to boon Seder. Boon Seder. Yeah. Or not, I don't think. How, no. about, how about these are my two words? Abrupt decay. I think that's more likely to to, to make oh. me go, or I might just discard it to my you know Lotleth troll. <laughs> um, I think that's probably the most likely yeah. thing that happens to my paints here. Sca scavenge it onto something with varils. Yeah, these are all possible <laughs> futures for this guy. Uh, but anyway, um, I think it's pretty good. And then uh, somebody else pointed out I, I can't recall who who pointed it out first, but most people have said at this point, spring leaf drum it has been reprinted, and obviously. You don't have to now attack if you're synergizing with Springleaf Drum. Sure. I, and you get to make, you you have this, with Springleaf Drum, you just you also have this great outlet for your cards, right? Like, you can mm -hmm. you can deploy your cards more efficiently, maybe, you know, not only drawing two cards a turn, well, it's also, but also being able to play, you know, assuming you have a, a fairly cheap deck, low low casting cost. Yeah, it's, it's also a cheap artifact, so it's not going to hurt you with Painseer very much, And then, but yet at the same time, you're getting way more additional mana facility so you can deploy all these extra cards you're drawing. So I think that, that right, there's you some... Play, you could play this on... Well, you're still not going to be able to draw a card on turn three. No. Ever. No, it's, it's worse than Dark Confidant. Uh -huh. But it's also better in the sense that, like, you know, I've been playing a lot of Modern lately, and 
new, like a shocking number of times over the last week or two, people have just been trying to suicide their dark confidants at me. Like in these attacks, where like they're clearly in t- trying to get their dark confidant killed. So I'm like, all right, I'll just let it in. It's two points, whatever. And the reason is like they see the writing on the wall. Speaking of daggers, yeah. Just while this is all going on, just people on our mailing list are talking about the magic movie. Yeah. That, and uh, the first meddling mage. Zoe Saldana as meddling mage dagger has been thrown at Pakula. <laughs> <laughs> is that a true story? No. Just, well, you know, people are casting it, right? Like, oh, you know, people are, are mock casting the movie and they're like, So know. what I actually, instead of saying that thing about Tarnwolf, I almost said, at least you're not a black woman now and pasted a picture of meddling mage in <laughs> the Facebook for that. And then I'm like, well, they did give Bob some new art. So I, yeah. this, is, this might be a, a not yeah. perfectly placed beat, so I won't run this one. Yeah. So let's keep talking about uh, magic cards. So Painseer. Were we not talking about magic cards all the time? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm talking about new magic cards. New magic cards, all right. Uh, it's always held on. <laughs> uh, Everflame Eidolon, uh, 1R for a 1 1 enchantment creature spirit with bestow 2R. So you can chant the creature, gets plus 1, plus 1, but it also gets fire breathing. So would this card have been bestow at, at just R and then like bestow 1R? I don't know. I think that it might have been playable. It might have been, that. I mean, it might be just too good at R. Like, just like to play it at R yeah, as a yeah, creature. Yeah, it might be insane. It just might be too good. Yeah, that's why I want to see it. You know, like, I mean, it might be, I it might be good at, one at R. R. It might be good at 1R. It's just like a fire breed, like this, like, sink for your red decks. Um, Brian Cole played Pigry, Pygmy Pyrosaur uh, at one point in the past. But I mean, the bar for the playability of red creatures at one point was very low. Yeah. You know, like, the original slide decks had just, like, Mons Goblin Raiders, just, like, completely... Or, like, horrible synergies like Orcs and Dwarves in the same decks because that's what the what creatures were available. Sure, sure. You know, and uh, I, for, for those of you who don't know, you look it up, like, there, there are certain conditions on Orcs and Dwarves. Like, if you've got, like, an Orc and player Dwarf dies, there's, like, rando... Like, like oh, I've read The Hobbit. You know? <laughs> Surely we should add this aesthetic to Magic the Gathering. Your orc is like, and the, the dwarf orcs like, in play, sacrifice all dwarves. Yeah, it was like, then so, sacrifice all orcs. And we're talking about like a dwarf whose stats was like R1 to 1. If you have any orcs in play, sacrifice this guy. But they were so bad, you know, like R1 for 2 I, 1 was I, the. I, I, don't think, I don't think this card's amazing, but I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked to see it. And it, yeah, I can see it. What's the, what's the creature enchantment that's R? Draw a card. Dragon your, your guy has fire breathing. That card seems Dragon to play. Mantle, sweet. Yeah. I, so. Yeah, there's, there's definitely been some, like, Tom Ross, 16 land, red. I mean, it constructed. Yeah, in constructed. Oh, okay. Yes. I like Tom Ross. Um, He's one of my favorite deck designers. Fa- Faragax Giant is a common for so this was actually a preview this is, article card. Yeah. yeah, this is one of the preview article cards. It's a 3-3 for 4R creature giant. This is another uh, ability. It has uh, tribute to... So as this creature, and in this case, I guess, for tribute, you choose an opponent, and that uh, may place two plus one plus one counters on it. So this is... But if they don't... Right. It, it has like it a battles. punisher. Right. It yeah. has a punisher mechanic. So uh, this is tribute to, as this enters the battlefield, an opponent of your choice may place two plus one plus one counters on it. When Faragax Giant enters the battlefield, if tribute wasn't paid, it deals five damage to each opponent. It's a 3-3. Three, three. I mean, this is not. This is a common card. It's not. This is obviously not going to be constructed playable. But it's kind of. A, I, I think it's a really elegant 
uh, this feels mechanic. This feels very Billy Moreno to me, by the way. Having worked with Billy Moreno as a game, game designer. designer, yeah, this feels like you know, like you know, this is Billy thinking about a three-player game. You know, like, well, so this is just like, are we just seeing some of Billy's initial work now? Because Billy's left Watsy at this point. Oh, well, I mean, Billy. I think Billy's big contributions were on the Commander product. Oh, I see. Um, but you know, this this is also something that obviously has an eye towards multiplayer, right? But it just feels like Billy. Billy loves like complicated choices, not complicated in the mechanically, really? but he likes he likes cards that his, force his, players his, to make decisions. His, yeah, like like say tapping uh, underground river to cast naturalize. <laughs> That's too complicated. That's too complicated. Um, so you know, kind of just an interesting multiplayer card. I can target choose you as my opponent. You can give me two counters on it, and then we can make Satan take five damage. Um, I like that idea of Satan taking five yeah. damage. Yeah, yeah, Satan, take five. So speaking of taking damage, uh, a few weeks ago I would not have been worried at all, but the Nets and the Knicks are both ahead of the Cavs right now. So how, am I going to owe two dinners total, right? Yeah. That's it, right? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. owe like four dinners. No, no, it's just two dinners total. Yeah, okay, I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, because you're like, oh, I'm going to get in on this, and then I'm like, oh, this is no problem. <laughs> These teams are all terrible. And then I'm like, oh, wait, man, like I might owe a lot of dinners. <laughs> yeah. You owe as many dinners as Anthony Bennett can eat. <laughs> can eat a lot of dinners. How is he? He's like comically bad, though. Like, he's he, so he, bad. He might be Frederick Weiss bad? I don't know who Frederick Weiss is. He was a Knicks first-round pick. This is he was a, do, you remember, do you remember Vince uh, Carter dunking over some giant white guy? Do you remember I mean, that picture? He wasn't taken one. <laughs> Number one. No, I mean, I like, think he was. It wasn't that. This wasn't that that good of a draft. But you could have taken Victor Oladipo, or you could have taken <laughs> MCW. I mean, no one would have picked Michael Carter Williams first. Okay, you don't like that's just. It's not realistic. No one was going to do that. I, I understand. If you but if you had a do over, yeah, obviously. <laughs> like if you had a do over, everyone's taking Andre Drummond first last year, right? Sure. Okay. Sure. Like, you know, I mean, you would take Tim Hardaway Jr. over Anthony Bennett. How many people were in the draft? That's how many people I would have taken over Anthony Bennett. Okay, <laughs> Anthony Bennett's so bad. And Interesting do, that we're talking about Anthony Bennett while we talk about Farrakhan's giant. How, how do we get to a position where we took like Luol Deng, who's a back-to-back two-time All-Star, put him on the Cavs, and suddenly he can't rebound or shoot anymore? <laughs> Neither yeah. one. He, he lost both abilities. And he's like supposed to be an elite wing defender, and we just lost to the Sacramento Kings by 44 points last night. <laughs> Like, Ooh, they're playing Thursday in, in the Garden, you know. That team has Demarcus Cousins, and don't, Gay. Don't let don't let Steve hear you disparage Demarcus Cousins. I mean, Demarcus Cousins is probably going to be an All Star, but he's not like, exactly an efficient shooter or a maker of good decisions. Demarcus Cousins has never seen a shot that he didn't like. Yeah. So back back to Magic cards. All right, uh, Sky So did we see any non-permanence with Devotion in Theros? I don't think so. I don't think we did. This is this is one of the first ones that I, I can recall seeing. This is a Reaping. good card. This does seem like a good card to me. 1G for a sorcery. It's an uncommon. And Sky Reaping deals damage to each creature with flying equal to your Devotion degree. So, you know, not very hard to... I mean, also, like, green decks can even have, like, Devotion to green without even having creatures. You know what I mean? Like, they can have their stupid... Like, Bow of Nyssa. Or their Bow of Nyssa, or their, or their Abundant Growth, or Fertile Ground-type spells. You know, like, it's not very hard to 
mean, you, you've been playing that deck, you know. You, yeah, so um, you can do you want to take a break and talk about that deck, or we do it at the end? We'll do it at the end. Okay. I mean, I, I think people have seen this deck. I don't think it's a... I've been playing a lot of mirror matches, so have I you assume, really? yeah. I mean, uh, where did the deck... The Genesis was Michael I, I Jacob? I think Michael Jacob was played it in some modern event and went yep. 3-1, and people were talking about it, and a lot of people have their own variations I, I actually don't think it. it's that good, but I can understand why you thought it was really fun. It's a lot. You know I love casting Genesis Wave into yeah, Primeval sure. Titan. It's like, I think, like, it's well, well, fine, but it's it's really not that powerful, like, compared to other decks. Like, other decks can, like, infinite combo kill you the turn that you're casting, like, a pretty good spell. I can usually infinite combo kill the turn I go off on that deck. No, no, I mean, like, what turn do you plan to kill the general? I kill people on three or turn three or turn four. I've gotten, like... Like, I draw my whole deck on turn yeah, three Yeah, I got, four. like, one really good turn on, like, a turn three before, but it doesn't happen very often. And the deck has no... No resistance to permission. No, no. <laughs> you're really, really, like, beholden to Wistful Selkie. Like, a lot of them, you're like, oh, come on, Wistful Selkie. Like, I didn't have any Wistful Selkie in my first build. I'm like, I'm not playing any of the terrible cards. And I played a few games, and I'm just like, my deck just draws more lands. <laughs> so so the, the deck we're talking about, I guess we should just talk about it. It's just a Genesis Wave deck. That, it's like a uh, devotion. It is a four Nykthos Shrine to Nyx green deck in modern that is running four... Um, fertile not, ground. Four, is it four no, fertile, two fertile ground? Two fertile ground. Four, four abundant growth. Abund, no, it's not. A, is it abundant growth? Whatever the wild growth the, is. The one that in, where you enchant a forest. Yeah. And then um, some number of wishful selkies. Four arborels. Visionaries, arborels. Yeah, so original Garuk. That's the. That's yeah. Like, oh yeah, Garuk Wildspeaker is pretty yeah. insane in that deck. Um, and you, yeah, like an ideal how, turn how many, is how many turn one Arbor Primeval Titans do you have? Three? Uh, I think I have three. I'm down to one because I went up to four um, Primal Commands. Okay. So I have four Primal Commands and four... But, um, so an ideal turn with this yeah. deck is turn one... Arbor oh, you also have four Burning Tree Emissaries. Yeah. Uh, four, I mean, some number, I don't even remember now, of um, the 2-2 two, two Persist guy. 2-1 Persist Ace guy. So, you, so the necessity of that guy so that you can kill somebody when you have Crater Hoof Behemoth, right? That they, these guys just wave into play and they're going to be big enough to attack. Sure, I mean, yeah. is that or is it because he has devotion? It's because he has. I devotion. find those guys all out a lot because I'm not sure what a, else to it's do. It's a lot of things, right? He has devotion. He gives you some play against removal decks. Yeah. Like you know they they like you know wrath you and you get to untap and still do stuff. Um, you know they supreme verdict and he doesn't die, but you know it's just but yeah. So the idea behind the deck is you go turn one Arbor Elf, turn two. Play a forest. No, no, no. Let's, let's just let, let's go to the, mas- Magical Christmas Land. This, enchant the what's forest. What's the point of not doing this? We're going to Magical Christmas okay, Land. Okay, okay. Turn on Arbor Elf. Forest Arbor Elf. Yeah. Turn two. Tap forest. Okay. Tap the Arbor Elf. Untap the forest. Tap the tap the forest again. Yep. Burning Tree Emissary. Burning Tree Emissary. Burning Tree Emissary. Burning Tree Emissary. Nick those shines. Nick those shines the Nick's. Use the, use the mana to float for like seven or whatever. Right. Garuk. Garuk. Untap, untap the two lands. Okay. And then tap them all again, Genesis Wave. Right. Right, that's turn two. Okay? Right. And, and so it could now, be wild, right? And so, yeah, and so it could be pretty wild because now what happens is you can also hit another Nykthos. Oh, yeah, the, discard the original Nykthos. You can discard the original Nykthos, hit another Nykthos, maybe hit two more lands. Hit another Garrick. Hit another Garrick. Yeah, you could do all sorts of stuff. And then you, it's easy to chain, well, not easy, you know, you, get, you need to get a little lucky, but you start chaining Nykthoses and Genesis Waves. You can also hit an Eternal Witness to get back and a Genesis get back in Genesis Wave. So, uh, and then eventually you hit a Crater Hoof Behemoth and so attack the, them. 
you know, I, I lost the die roll to somebody who was playing a similar deck, and he crushed me with because he had pri Primal Command. Yeah. So he just got like 13 mana on turn three or whatever, and then Primal Commander for Crater of Behemoth and killed me. Yeah. You know, like, um, so I'm like, oh, that's much better than what I was doing. You know, like, <laughs> I, I think that, like, I, I don't think I've ever said this before, but um, Primeval Titan is, like, not that good in this deck. Like, you get some forests. You're just attacking. You just get oh, more no, forests. no. I, well, you can get other. You can you can adjust the deck to get other cards. No, what were you getting? I mean, you, you know, you could you could get like you know a wolf run. There's not even any reds. I mean, that could be fixed too. But you also, I mean, it's not that hard for you to make red. Oh yeah, you have you have a uh, burning you have tree emissary, fertile grounds. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's possible. I was actually thinking about playing with um, Cavern of Souls. Like maybe that makes your life easier. Sure, I, I could I can see that. There's one Bosiju in the sideboard in the deck that you gave me. Yeah. We can just post our deck list that we've been playing with. Um, sure. I mean, it's just like notes. some it's just like some amalgam of decks I saw people playing online. Yeah, this is not science, right? See, but you know, I tried. I tried. I was trying one candelabra, one mages of the candelabra yeah, for a while. I had that in my first build, but I didn't have wistful selkie originally. Like, and I, you actually have to have the effing wistful selkie. Like the deck just gets flooded. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, the builds we have only have twenty-two lands, right? I think and like so, yeah. these enormous casting costs. Like Genesis Wave isn't even an interesting card below ten mana. Oh, I don't know. I've, you cast I've, it for value if you're in trouble. I've, I've cast it for value and had it be worked out pretty well. Yes, I have too. But in the in the number of times I cast it for value, like fifty percent of the time, it's a complete Anthony Bennett. Okay. <laughs> like, you're just like flipping over. Like, it's, it's to me, it's an exciting deck. I'm curious to see what happens, like when cards get banned. For modern, on you know potentially on February first. Um, <coughs> birthing pot. <laughs> <coughs> Gordon's vengeance. Uh, yeah, see what happens when cards get banned, uh, and also see what more devotion cards come out. Yeah, what, yeah. what are the cards that we can work devotion with? Devotion is a dangerous mechanic because it, it doesn't is. require any commitment. It is, and it pays off. Yeah, I mean, this this is to me the most like. Glorious representation of devotion. Yeah, this is this is this is the best you can be to your god. <laughs> so I'm a. It is sweet. I'm playing a lot of. My, I, I've been playing. I think actually mono modern like the past two weeks. Yeah. Uh, and the deck that I actually like the best and I've had the most luck with is just the deck you were talking about at the very beginning of our talking about uh, Theros, which is like mono blue devotion in 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 modern. I mean, it's not even that devoted, right? right. I have like. You have Thassa and Master of Waves. I don't even have Thassa. I have two Master of Waves total, in my, okay. two in my sideboard. And then after sideboarding, you I So have, you're really playing like a Merfolk deck. Yeah. But with like, Kira Glass Spinner, Great Glass Spinner? I keep forgetting to put it, honestly, which is stupid. <laughs> I should have it uh, in my sideboard, at least. But my deck is like a bunch of Lords, which I guess is how everyone... But I'm playing Cozy's Trickster, which I side out a lot. <laughs> apparently, people just don't play Sacklands. <laughs> well, I mean... They might not have Sacklands, right? It's might yeah, I mean, like, a... some of the decks just don't play that many Sacklands, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So, uh, I mean, sometimes Cozy Strixer's <laughs> insane, right? Like, you play him on the first turn, and they're like, uh... He's, like, attacking for five on turn three. Uh, but the, the deck is, uh, is, uh, pretty interesting. So, would you play, um, Curse Catcher? I have four of him. It's, like, medium. Yeah, card seems fine, you know. I have, like, some Romans, Curse Catchers, and I have, like, four Lord of Atlantis, four Master... With master Coral Helm Commander? No, not the one who you have to level. The one that's exactly Lord of Atlantis, but better. Oh, sure, yeah. I master have four of the of Pearl Trident. Yeah. So I have those two, and then I have four Rejuries. 
Right. I think that's all my lords. That seems like a lot. That's like 12 lords. But, I mean, you could also play Coral Helm Commander. You just play 16 lords. <laughs> and everybody's just, like, all bouncing. But you know what's the secret card? It's not even that much of a secret, though. Beautivolt. So Yeah, not a secret. <laughs> so the tits is just your, like, um, spreading sees somebody. So your guys, by the way, get in. You have eight island walk cards. And then, like, all your guys are, like, five five. So you're like, boom, boom. And, uh, you know, Brian Cole is just like, this is just a stompy deck, you know? Uh, all the guys just buff each other. Yeah, and you can just do some really gross stuff, too. Like, you know, just, like, tap tap whatever they might have with the, your Reedry and just get Yeah, I'm in. just not even good at Reedry tricks at all. Like, I probably had multiple games where I could have just, like, I was already, like, set up for Island Walk, and I could and I had, like, a Reedry in play, and I could have gone, like, two more Lords but instead, I just like tap their guys that couldn't block anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I'll like play one lord and not have enough mana to play a second card. But I could just like play the lord, untap my land, play the second lord, and like attack for twelve. I didn't just even know it yet, you yeah, know. Like, yeah. that's actually a little tricky. Um, sure. And so like my sideboard's all like dismembers, which are okay. Uh, and I should just add, how many Kyrgyz Greek last spinners should you play? Like, two in the sideboard. Two? Two in the main. Two, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one in the a, main, two in the side. It's not a merfolk. Like you know what card's insane? And <laughs> no surprise, remand. <laughs> like, oh, I'll just, like, sweep your guys. I'm like, all right, remand. You're like, yep. Well, are those guys all lords? <laughs> yes, they're all lords. <laughs> Interesting. Did you just draw a card as well? I'm like, yeah. Surprisingly, it was a lord. <laughs> attack for 20. Like, well, you only needed to do eight. I know, but I'm attacking for 20. <laughs> It has, like, you know, some cantrip stuff, so. Okay. Um, well, yeah, but, I mean, that was your idea of a deck, and I, I think yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, I, see, I mean, Raph, Raph played it, I think, at that next Modern GP mm-hmm. after we talked about it and did pretty well with it. Yeah, the deck needs a little tuning. Yeah. Like, uh, I have, like, four Vapor Snags, uh, like, maybe two or three Remands, two Cryptic Commands. The, a deck that I really wanted to be good but was horrible for me was the Phantasmal Bear deck. <laughs> like, Bear, oh, yeah, bear yeah, Ninja. Yeah, yeah. Like, the tech, I can't win a game. <laughs> I mean, when you look at your cards, you have like four cast that cost two, two Ophidian, and like three, three guy that if you sneeze at it funny, it dies. Oh, oh like, my, oh my gosh, you would have loved my uh, Popper Cube draft deck. I had Fallen Ascari, Mana War, Undo. That was just Nin- like every deck I ever drafted. Ninja of the Deep Hours. Ninja of the Deep in the same deck? Yeah. With Mana War? Yeah. Did you have Necrotal? Uh, just I say did, you did. Just I say did, you did. No, but I had Skin Thinner. So right. I got to I got to pair a skin thinner with uh, Gal uh, not Gal Rider but they Windcrafter. Got, yeah. So my skin thinner got flying, attacked, ninja the deep towered my skin thinner back to my hand, paired it with my Windcrafter, drew a card. Did you win the draft? No, no. I went. I think I went two one or one two. I I just it was it was I was just doing too much of like drawing cards and. Having fun and not enough of like winning the game, attacking for two on turn two. Yeah, how's Popper Cube? What's the? It's meta? fun. It was fun. It was really fun. Here's a card that's not going in the Popper Cube. I think this card might be good. I think it might be good too. But it's not going in the Popper Cube because it's a it mythic rare. Explain so, Afara, God of the Palace. Police? She, like, is he's like actually yeah. the God of the Police? Yeah. Is that it? God of the Police? Uh, no, I'm not kidding. Is that uh, actually I think the it's God Palace. of the Palace? But is it like the Police? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. 2-W-U, Legendary Enchantment Creature God. So this is our first multicolored god that we've yeah. seen. 6-5, uh, Indestructible. Just huge. Indestructible. 
Is that bigger than all the other gods from Theros? No, isn't one of them... Porphyros about that big? Yeah, I think so. Isn't there, is there a 6-6 six, six, or are they all 5-5? Five, five? Oh, no, Nyssa is a... Yeah. Nor Nylea, whatever. Nylea is a 6-6, six, six, yeah. But it's still pretty big. But still, it doesn't matter. They're it's all indestructible. indestructible. Yeah, indestructible. As long as your devotion to white and blue is less than 7, Far isn't a creature. So it has a higher threshold on its devotion. I, what I, my, my question to you but is But it's that, two colors. Is that harder or easier to do? Like you get two pips off of, the, off, of, of a detention sphere. Correct. Like a detention sphere and this is four, right? Like right. you go like detention sphere, but, this, and Night but, Vale Spectre, it's just online. Steel of the Godhead is only two. I was I was really hoping like something like Steel of the Godhead would be yeah. four. It'd be like two blue and two white. <laughs> now... It only counts each pip. I think once, it's regardless. I think it's probably a wash. Yeah, you think yeah. you think it's about the same as five. So it's probably mono? about the same. Like, it's probably objectively harder because if you're like play, building a constructed white deck, right? You could just play like a bunch of cheap white guys and get like okay. five pips out. Like, if you go like, you know, Captain Boros Reckoner, that's five right there. Right. Okay. So at the beginning of your upkeep, there's more to this card. The beginning of your upkeep. Well, yeah, I hope so. They didn't say another, anything interesting. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you had another creature under the un, enter the battlefield under your control last turn, draw a card. So, this is what I was going to ask. Is it have to enter? I know this is a stupid sounding question. Can I just play a guy on my turn and then on my next turn draw a card? Yes. I thought it sounds to on me your, like you, under under. No, under, it doesn't say your. It says the last turn. So I'm like, does it have creature. to flash? Like, do you have to flash a guy? Like it has to be on the opponent's turn. I think it's your last. I think it's your. It last. doesn't say that. That's. Uh, I, I understand. This sounds it might sound stupid. Like a lot of the time when there's new cards, we're yep. a little confused. I honestly don't know. That would be so difficult to do. <laughs> oh, no. These are the minor gods. Like this is like <laughs> this is a god of the sea. God, what? God, what do you want from me? I want you to flash a creature in on your opponent. Every turn. God, I don't. I can't do that. Well, I guess you don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> so. The, uh, you know, like, you look at Fossa God of the Sea, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is clearly an insane Magic the Gathering card, right. you know? You look at Porphyro's God of the Forge, you're like, oh, this card's probably pretty good. This one, I'm actually not sure if it does what, what I think, think it, it I think it looks at your last turn. If it I'm looks positive. at your last turn, it's probably pretty good, okay? But, but, but again, if it, it doesn't, but, 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 it, but it suffers from the same problem that we see on Painting. So, my turn four. Yeah best case scenario my turn three I play this oh it's upkeep yeah so now on my next upkeep well this wasn't a this creature was, it was a creature you played a creature a creature came into play another creature oh another creature yes yet another creature oh and this is a grinder card so so turn my my turn four turn four turn five whatever that next turn after I play this is I don't draw a card I'm not good at evaluating cards that uh, only are good in games that last a hundred turns <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and, and you know, dude, this isn't Thassa. This isn't like Thassa just gets online and kills you, right? Okay, this, this guy does not do that. And again, blue white. This is not the colors of play a creature every turn. That could be. You could just play it in like mono blue devotion touch white, right? Sure. You could play it in like mono white devotion touch blue. We were talking about even a white a white devotion deck touching for Sphinx's Revelation. Right. And go straight in that. Deck. Well, yeah, this <laughs> the oh, blue yeah. yeah the blue whites yeah Sphinx Nick Nickthos. You know, if you, you let's, like just let's just lay out a deck, right? You're like uh, Soldier of the Pantheon, uh, that cat guy, uh, Fiend Slayer Paladin, uh, you know, Precinct Captain. Yeah, and then like Angel Boros Reckoner. It's like whatever 
hell on earth for a beatdown deck would be like every single dude is like prot red, prot colors, you know, like gain life. Uh, and then. Heliod. Yeah, and then like. Well, Heliod's pretty sweet with this. Oh, because you make guys! <laughs> oh man, they're like married or something. Is that like a girl guy? <laughs> it, it, it does, she does have a girlish figure. So, um. Can't be sure with those Greeks though. So, anywho, you know, you just play that deck and you're like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna use my Nykthos to cast like Sphinx's Revelation for X equals 100. No, yeah. it's a. I, I think that's probably a real strategy. Yeah, but this card is not as obviously good as as Thassa. As Thassa, right. but I think it's pretty good. Right. And, right? I like, mean, and, and to be fair, none of the other gods have really seen no, a ton of play. None of them are nearly as good as Thassa. But it's obvious which one's the best. Like it's just like Jace Bellerin, right? Like, like you look at the original run of Planeswalkers, and people are like, oh, who's the best? Garuk or Liliana was really the question. You know, it clearly wasn't going to be Chandra, okay? And actually, the first version of Ajani ended up being one of the better Planeswalkers for a while, which wasn't wasn't obvious to begin with. But I was just like... Well, it's, Garrett Wildspeaker was, was the big... Was, he was a big deal hey, when he first came out. He was in, he was in the deck that won won the Pro Tour, that, that Elves yeah. deck, yeah. and won the Pro Tour that year. He was also, he was also pretty big at, at Worlds that year. Yeah, so, I mean, he was fine, but, like, if you look at... If you look at Planeswalkers for lasting careers, it was pretty obvious that Jace Bowden was going to be the best. He costs three instead of four and draws cards. Sure. Like, like, this isn't a hard, this isn't a hard, uh, like, like, setup. Like, costing three is way the fuck better than costing five, okay? Sure. And drawing cards is way better than whatever the other abilities <laughs> there could have been listed were, okay? Like, drawing cards is the thing you want to do in Magic Gathering. And then, like, if you look, you know, fast forward four or five years, like, you have these decks that are just, like, Sun Titan, Jace Bellerin, where, like, you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna rip through my Jace Bellerin, neg, 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 he's dead, attack with my Sun Titan, rebuy Jace Bellerin, like, is this enough card advantage? Yeah. Like, I remember I was playtesting an Extended, and I was playing the, you know, you know the... Did you, did you Sun Titan back a Black Lotus during the Holiday Cube? I never did. Oh. I had one Black... I, I never had a Black Lotus, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, no, I did. The coolest thing I did with Black Lotus was I kept Trinket Maging for the Black Lotus in my, like, blue-red deck, and then I would just pop it for black and cast a small, um, small tendrils. And I won so many games this way. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm in so much trouble. And I'm like, oh, wait, blah, 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 do do And then, like, my opponent would just be like, wow, it was such a great play set. Like, it's like, I'm just playing blue-red, right? And I just, like, go get the... Because your deck is predicated on casting the, the tendrils off of either getting an abusive amount of Storm going or casting it with Storm itself, right? Sure, sure. So I just got, got but the... But sometimes you just, like, needed yeah, yeah. to do it for six. Yeah. And I would just win. You know, because, like... Uh, or you attack and your opponent, like, kills something, and you're like, oh, awesome. <laughs> Second main phase. <laughs> so, um, no, I did not... But that, that was pretty cool. That was the only time I had a Black Lotus. But I had multiple drafts consecutively where I had red decks that had Grim Monolith. And I would, like, show the decks to, like... Tom or John or whatever, and they're like, oh, I'll cut the Grimoth. But like, those are my best decks. I was casting a lot of turn three Thundermaw Hellkites. By the way, the number of times Thundermaw Hellkite tabled in the drafts that I was in was insane. Like, do not allow Thundermaw Hellkite to table. <laughs> I have taken it as high as first in cube draft and easily won the, look at the drafts. So like, red is the best archetype. Thundermaw Hellkite is insane. Don't let it table. Like, you understand it makes it so that your Maloku and his buddies don't block. <laughs> Like, oh, I have an invincible flying setup here. Like, no, you don't. Like, we will be attacking for 11. <laughs> what are your, what's your assessment of Thundermaw Hellkite? I like Thundermaw. It's pretty good on turn I mean, three. If I'm, if I'm red, it's certainly a card. I'm, I don't know that I would first pick first packet. 
but I would definitely second pick first packet. So like or second pack first packet, I, I should say. My my least favorite draft that I had was the only, I only did one oh one, but like I, I had this pack where um We should I, start our website, which is just pictures of people taking pictures under the sign at Gay Street. Yeah. That would get old real quick. <laughs> but we have uh, a lot of content though. We would, yeah. <laughs> um so uh I had this pack where, like, it was, like, pick two or pick three, and there was, like, an Inferno Titan and a Thundermile Hellkite on the back. I was just like, this is so dumb. But I just, like, took, took whatever... You took Hellkite and no, Inferno no, I, Titan table? No, I took, like, a good blue card, right? Because, like, I, my first pick was, like, uh, Consecrated Sphinx or Tinker or something. And then, um... So, and then, like, eight picks later, they're both still in the pack, and I was just like, what am I doing with my life? It was like literally the things that went through my head. I'm like, why do I have all these stupid blue cards? Like, I could have the best red deck on Earth right now. Oh, one. And I deserved it. You, deserve, you did deserve it. Because you didn't draft. You did. Did you stick with the blue cards? I took you? the Thundermaw Hellcat yeah, at that see, point. that's then, why you deserved So literally, that's like. That's why you deserved it. So I had like 15 picks left. So I'm going into pack three. And I'm yeah. like, we got 15 picks to make a deck. <laughs> we didn't get there. <laughs> here, here, here's a card sure to be coming to a holiday cube near you. Yeah. Uh, Kiora the Crashing Wave. Two explores. Two, yeah. <laughs> Why is that funny? It's like two explores. <laughs> that uh, card is literally going to be two explores two, almost every time. Two, two GU. Yeah. For a Planeswalker. Kiara has two loyalty. Uh, plus one until your next turn. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to and dealt by target permanent and Porter. Uh, an opponent controls. So you can just choose your opponent's you Thundermaw Hellkite, for example, that's in play already. Yeah, that's going to work out real well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how you're setting up this situation where my Kiara is definitely dead. <laughs> yeah. Sure, Brian. Yeah, I'm sure that will happen. All right, how about your Thassa? <laughs> sure. Whatever. Whatever you say. Whatever. All yeah, right, because your that... stupid precinct captain. How about your stupid precinct captain? Fine. Your stupid breezing captain. I can't deal damage to it. Oh, I'm blue green, by the way. This is and you can't deal damage to every situation you try to dream up is just gonna make this card seem worse and you worse. You don't like this card at all? It's terrible. This is one of the worst. Pla- I mean, like, what's the bottom planeswalker? Sarkinval, right? No, Tibalt. No, Tibalt's at least two. I mean, I, I like overrated Tibalt, but like, he's got. I don't know. He's got to have some destiny somewhere. He's okay. He's bad, right? Like, but like, Sarkinval is the next worst one, right? Sure. It's just terrible. Like, the, I, I, I think I've been pretty good at evaluating planeswalkers over the years. I'm like, you know, I had this long argument with Patrick Chapin, like when this card first got spoiled, I think two weeks ago, and he's like, you, you didn't get Jace the Mind Sculpt right. So I had him look up the blog post where I said it was going to be like a format stapler or whatever. So, it, so in return, he looked up every time that I thought like a terrible card was going to be a format staple. Like, he's like, he's like, you gave this the same rating as Rakdos Pit Dragon, <laughs> which, by the way, was a legacy staple at one point. Was it? Yeah, they played it in that ancient tomb deck. Oh, sure. Remember? So, um, yeah, you know, touche. Uh, I did give it the same rating as Rakdos Pit Dragon. <laughs> But I, I did say, you know, I, I didn't say it wasn't good. You know, like I thought it would be a cross-format playable, you know, card. Sure. Jason, he said, this is the one case where if you were just completely over the top with your level of like hyperbolic enthusiasm, you would have been underrating a card. <laughs> so like, but I this mean, card is not good. So you you can get this card into play turn three. Sure. And if there's one threat out, you can buy a turn. Okay. So here, here's my problem with this card. Okay. Its loyalty is two, sure. right? 
even if you like lock down their best threat that turn, it's completely wide open to a lightning strike. Like, sure, I mean, uh, there's like there's anything, be, like a well, haste creature. Okay, it's just terrible. It's like loyalty is bad. The only it's, thing it's, you, it's, I, I I agree, it's hard to justify taking its loyalty up. So like the thing is like all right, so it's just two explorers that you have to pay like in advance for. I mean, it's it's so like if this were loyalty three, I still think it wouldn't be very good. Like it, it's and then its ultimate is horrible. This is like one of the least impressive ultimates. You need four turns and you've transformed four mana and a card into what? <laughs> read, the, read that line. Killer dolphins. <laughs> read the line, what do you get? You get at the beginning of your end step, put a nine nine blue Kraken creature token onto the battlefield. So you get an, an emblem that makes a guy. Basically. A nine nine every turn. Okay. In order to get there, <laughs> you need to like, four. that emblem never goes away, dude. Yeah, but you needed, like, four uninterrupted turns of not getting destroyed. Sure. Are you going to tell me green-blue can't set that up? I think that if Here's there were no blue. other planeswalkers, <laughs> maybe this card... Like, it was the only. It was the only planeswalker. The only planeswalker plane that ever existed. He it would like, almost oh. be the best planeswalker. Yeah, some people are like, oh, this card's pretty good. You know, like, think about how inevitable planeswalker ultimates are. Right on the high end, you've got like number one, Karn. If you lose a game after you've Karn ultimated, you know, you know, it, you know about the Karnception, right? No, what's that? So I have Karn in my commander deck. Yeah. And so when I play like a five player game of Commander, my goal is to kill each player in a separate Karn game. <laughs> so I, I got I got like three players in before they realized what was going on and the remaining two players just packed. So Karn is a he's a powerful powerful ultimate, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a really high level of inevitability. Yeah, he's one of the best. I mean, just unbelievable. Jace the Mind Sculptor, powerful level of inevitability, right? Sure. S you know, Soren, pretty backbreaking level of inev inevitability, okay? Sure. Other Soren, pretty cool and not that hard to sure. set up. You know, Elspeth, not that impressive. Okay? I mean, Elspeth's pretty... El Elspeth's a tool, right? El Elspeth, Elspeth's yeah, not about ultimating, I'm right? just talking about levels of sure. inevitability, sure, right? Sure. Not very inevitable, okay? Like, other Elspeth... None of the Elspeths are Liliana? that inevitable. Which Liliana? I don't know. Pick one. Forecasting cost Liliana? Zero level... level. Three, three casting cost Liliana? <laughs> three casting cost Liliana's... I don't know. I've both beaten and been beaten after hey, after running three casting cost sure. Liliana's ability. I mean, the it's thing good. Is, she, gets, she gets put into some very volatile situations. Like, I don't know if this is going to help. Sack a creature. Let's go. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, but she's exciting. She's as a three mana planeswalker. But three casting cost Jace, actually? That guy murders you with his ultimate. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, in the how many times in the cube do you just put that card out and you're like, you know what? We're just going to Was he in wrong. this cube? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I never saw him. Oh, uh, yeah. We're just, I we're played just, a I never even saw him. We're going to just start drawing cards, people. <laughs> okay, so... I just like, like I this guy. More, more often than not, I'm just like both strong. Cure asks you for so much <laughs> and provides so little. It's, seriously, base loyalty three would that have been those, broken? I hope those dolphins kill you. I am going to lose to the dolphins at some point. <laughs> like when I first saw Dark Depths, I didn't know about Vampire Hex Mage, and I was like, oh, I'm probably going to lose to this card. <laughs> I can I can imagine losing this card, but like, it's just not good. Like, so compare it to other Magic the Gathering cards. <laughs> sure. 
it's but really assume, assuming you can get this into play on turn three and it doesn't die. But why doesn't it die? You're tapped out. Like, I guess it's like really good against one Night Vale Spectre. Right? It's really good against one Night Vale Spectre. It's probably but like even even mono black devotion will just you get like this, three threats out I mean, against you. You can't see sideboarding this card in certain matchups or it's like it's a playable magic like gathering control, card. Now, it is matchup. a playable magic sure. gathering card, okay. and in all likelihood it will see top date top eight play in no less than an open series top eight, okay? Okay. However, I don't think it's particularly exciting for a planeswalker. That's my I just think it's like one of the so you're worst planeswalkers. Simic finally gets a planeswalker and I'm just pooping. How many here. planeswalkers do you think are better than this planeswalker? <laughs> almost every one, yeah, right? Mean, almost every blue and green planeswalker that's in my deck already. No, it's just not very good, yeah. right? It's sure. like not unplayable. I would rather have that card than a lot of the uh, a lot of the Gideons. <laughs> <laughs> like the casual Gideons. <laughs> casual Gideons. <laughs> like, oh look, it's casual Gideon number the, three. The would-be Gideons. <laughs> You know, the, the, some of the Elsbeths, like, I don't understand why people play six casting cost Elsbeth so much. It's, like, so not inevitable. Like, if you if you had spent the same mana on an Aetherling, I would be dead. <laughs> instead, like, instead, they're, like, Sometimes you drew one happens. of your two Elsbeths and not one of your one Aetherlings. What can I tell you? I mean, like, the number of times where I was just, like, crushing my opponent, you, they play, like, an Elsbeth to, like, kill my dragon, and it's, like, it's big play, and I'm like, all right, send my Muta Vault at your Elsbeth and cast another dragon. <laughs> It just happens so often. Or, like, they just make these tokens that are just not going to kill you anytime soon. And you're just crushing them with, like... Because you're talking about playing at a level of a game where people are casting six and seven casting cost bombs. And it's just not as good as, like, an Aetherling. Like, like in the same game, if they just played an Aetherling, I would just be dead in two turns, you know? Like, instead, they're just like, Ho-hum, make some tokens. (laughs) I'm sure they will. Oh, I guess that was an anger of the gods slash Mizium Mortars slash... Chandra, you know, how much how much worse at four is this piece of crap than Chandra Pyromaster? Chandra Pyromaster would just murder the bejesus out of this card. Be like, sure. like, like, oh, uh, yeah, you, you, better, you better take it up. <laughs> like, you're taking it up. I'm going to take you up against Chandra. But like, great. Reveal the top card of my library. What were the odds? <laughs> a land or spell. You're dead, Kiara. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that was a free card, by the way. Yeah. Like, it's just so much worse than... I mean, maybe if you just use it as two explorers? I, I don't know. It's not unplayable. Sure. Don't let me overstate my sure. hatred for sure. Kiara. Sure. It's, sure. it's just way worse than Vraska. Like, what are the legal planeswalkers? It's it's worse than a Johnny 3, which is not very good, okay? I like, I like a Johnny 3 a lot. It's not very good. It's fine. Sure. Like, it's just full-on not awful. Sure. It's a three-casting-cost planeswalker that not very many people play. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. So... I, I think it's an under. I think it's actually underplayed. Okay, because I, I think it's underplayed. I, I, I think that, that card's actually. I think there's a hexproof deck in standard that people don't play. So I agree with you. Yeah, okay. I think that I think that that card is is, you know, uh, a, a troublesome card. To, like I think I think just going precinct captain. Yeah. Followed by, uh, a Johnny like get in for three. I think that my opinion big. is colored by the fact that when I every like seventy five percent of the time when I play against a Johnny three, my opponent plays horribly. Like, why doesn't he just, like, do the jumping, double-striking move and kill me? Instead of just, like, leveling up his guys, giving me time to destroy him, right? Sure. So, um, would he, instead you could just, like, push, push, push with no, it, and he just well, chooses I think, not I think, to. I think you make your first... If you led with Precinct Captain, I think you make your Precinct Captain a three, right? I think it depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, a double-striking Precinct Captain has some exciting... Oh, no, no, yeah, that some happens exciting too, yeah. Okay? So, um... Oh, so, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, 
Ajani 3 is substantially better than Kiara. Agreed or no? Uh, I don't know. Really? You don't? You just said it was underplayed. I, it's underplayed, but I, I, I like it. I mean, Ajani 3 has already been established in good decks. Sure. Alright, I think it's substantially better than Kiara. Um, Liliana 4. Liliana 4. Uh, this is probably better than No, Liliana it's four. not. It's not. Liliana 4 is way better. It's a real... Liliana 4 is a real card drawing engine while I, ticking I, up. I agree, but... I, sure. I mean, I've lost a lot of games after ultimating Liliana 4. <laughs> Including, like, in Grand Prix. It's embarrassing. I guess if I had QR in the same spot, I would have won. Yeah, I, I, but I would have... Draw, you draw, like, six cards on the way. Sure. I, I don't think that that's 100% fair. Um... Let's see, who else is left? Domri Raid, not close. Not close. Okay. Xenagos. Xenagos. Xenagos is way better than I, this I card. think Zen I think Xenagos is way underplayed. Way underplayed. I agree. Way underplayed. That card is powerful. The problem with Xenagos is you wanna if you're gonna play red green that has planeswalkers, Domri's in line before Xenagos. Yeah, yeah, okay? I agree. I and agree. if you're gonna play mono perms, you need to have a lot of dudes, especially if you're playing Domri Raid. Yeah. So Xenagos gets the he gets the short end of the Seder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean that's He's a powerful card, no, yeah. no doubt, but like, you you have to understand why why things are structured oh, yeah. the way they are. Domi um, Raid is just ridiculous. Right. Jace four versus this guy. <laughs> right. Come on. Yeah. All right, Jace five versus this guy. Come on. Jace five will kill you before before you are even anywhere close to getting these dolphins. You're just dead. Three shots from Jace five and you're dead. Like you need like five turns with this. Thing. All right, so what other plays are do? Vraska. Vraska just kills it. Like, yeah. Stone kill this thing, okay? Um, and then there's still a Vraska left. Vraska's inevitable is pretty inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Vraska's um, quite good. It's like, what are the... Oh, Chandra Pyro Pyromaster, the third best Planeswalker of all time. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's accurate? I don't... It might don't, be fourth best. I haven't, uh, I haven't I mean, done the... I mean, it's Jace Elspeth, right? One, two? Sure. Oh, Liliana's good, too. Yeah, I, I think Liliana's very you think much it's in that Jace, Jace Liliana, yeah. Elspeth. I can, I can respect that, but... And, and which Jace, right? Jace the Mind Jace Skull. Four. What about, where's Jace 3? Oh, man, he's really good, too. Where's Jace 3? He might be better than Where's Gideon? Chuck. Fuck Gideon. Gideon's... Gideon is the most overrated points. Ugh, I hate Gideon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so what? <laughs> it's not... It's, like... My last time, the last game I played against, oh no, never mind. TCG Player Invitational, I lost to a fucking Gideon. <laughs> so dumb. Like, if I didn't lose this game, because I, I, I had the, I had a one-turn window where my opponent tapped out for Gideon, where if I just drew, like, anything, he was dead to my Livewire Lash. And then, um, but then, I, of course, I got locked down by the stupid Gideon, because my, my deck can only win in combat, you know? Remember that deck we played? Yeah, yeah. And so I just got put into this, I got put into exactly the wrong bracket, where all of my opponents were playing Boros. <laughs> so the only deck my deck is bad against. And then like I just look at the top eight where like all like you know, Todd Anderson won with with a uh, with a uh, with no with Valakut. Uh, oh I thought I thought he won No, he with, played Valakut. I thought he won with like illusionary No, that was like a year later. Oh, or like okay. six months later or whatever. But like it was like yeah, there were the illusions deck was played there, but I think he won with Valakut. Okay. But anyway, it doesn't matter. There was a ton of Valakut in the top eight. Or it might have been Callblades and Valakuts were the entire top, sure. top eight, which was all we tested against. And our deck was like 100% against Valakut. <laughs> I went undefeated in games on day one because I just kept getting matched against Valakut. They're like, cast a Primeval Titan, kill you. <laughs> that was sweet. <laughs> Activate my Ink Moth Nexus. Anyway, um, 
right, we, we got we got a couple cards here left. Let's finish them up. Springleaf Drum is going to be important because of all the uh, ins- because of all the inspires. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a pretty good card. It's, and, it's seen a lot of play in over the years. I've seen a lot of play, but mostly almost exclusively in Affinity. Yeah. So this will be the first time where really we get a chance to see this card. Maybe, like again, in a white weenie deck or in a in a black red aggro deck. I think black white maybe with um. Zombie Guy and uh, Pain Seer might be a deck. Zombie Guy being... Z- Zathrid Necromancer. Sure. I could also have been Life Bane Zombie. That card's really good. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yeah. That's and one so- of my favorite creatures of all time, and yeah. it's not been in print for very long. Yeah. So, uh... Ooh! And then the last couple cards... Temple of Enlightenment, Temple of Malice, Temple of Plenty. Uh, my prediction is they all see heavy play. <laughs> uh, I mean... Temple of Enlightenment and Temple of Malice are both just like already have super good decks in standard that are begging for them. Yes. You know, like yes. Temple like Blue White slash Esper is already one of the most popular decks in standard. And then Black and we, Red And we've seen a blue white devotion god. Right? Yeah. We saw, you know, and then like Black Red Control was like one of the most popular the decks right. pre Pro Tour. Right. Uh, and I think that there's no reason to believe that it's not a it's super right. viable deck. Red 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 black red black. I mean we we've been talking about pains here. Yeah. So and then green white it is a. I mean, people have obviously people just been play. people have obviously just been hungry for these cards. Yeah, they're super super highly playable cards. <laughs> I mean, and the the uh, I remember when those cards were first spoiled with the Theros spoilers. People generally didn't like them that much. They're like they're not that exciting for dual lands. But it turns out that they're insanely good, and that you play off color ones because scrying is so awesome. <laughs> like my my red white deck plays black white ones. Um, all right, what are you looking up? The I'm magic just, movie? I'm just going to, yeah. Uh, what, what's it? Finally, we, yeah, finally, we'll find out what happened to Mishra. That's just land. This is uh, this was in the Hollywood Reporter. People were linking to it earlier. But 21st Century Fox closed the deal to acquire the screen rights to the hugely popular fantasy card game from Hasbro and will develop the property with an eye to launch a massive franchise on the scale of Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. The studio has listed Simon Kinberg, the Fox-based writer producer who helped shepherd the X-Men and Fantastic Four universes at the studio to produce the adaptation. That's not necessarily a strong resume. I mean... Because he's like, you know, you might be thinking about the actual franchise like right now, well, like with, you know, uh, Days of Future Past. I don't think that's the one he did. I think he did the Brian Singer version. Well, the Brian Singer version was awesome. It didn't end very. I mean, the, by the third one, it was pretty bad. Brian Singer didn't do the third one. Yeah, well, he, I meant the, that that iteration. X two was one of the my favorite movies X2. of all I love, time. I love X two. And X the first X Men was awesome. We we didn't have like these other comps at that point. There was no there was no Spider Man yet when X Men came yeah. out. So anyway, so people people are obviously. It's not going to be on the order of Harry Potter. That's ludicrous. Harry Potter's worth two hundred and twenty billion dollars. Do you know how much money it is? Yes. That's seventy Star Wars. I I, I think you underestimate though what a two hundred and twenty billion dollars. I understand. Is the lifetime value of Harry Potter? It hasn't gotten there yet. You know why? Because they keep making money. Yeah. Okay? Their their but terminal saying, point is two hundred twenty billion dollars. I think you'd be surprised how ingrained in our culture magic actually is. I love Magic the Gathering. I just don't value it at 70 times the Star Wars franchise. (laughs) 70 Star Wars. (laughs) How about one Star Wars? One Star Wars is like 15 times the lifetime earnings of Magic the Gathering. Again, uh, I mean, I I think if a movie is executed well, it could do a lot for the long term 
uh, success I, of the game. I think that would be awesome. I like the long-term success of Magic. And, you know, you always want more fish. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Need more fish. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, 70 Star Wars is an aggressive number. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they're just... I, I think you want to... I think they're, they're saying something like that, that you want to establish, like, hey, look... This is this is a beloved franchise. It has a beloved. I think it is actually very comparable to something like X Men or Fantastic Four in terms of those were not necessarily franchises on that Star Wars or Harry Potter level as comics when they were just comics before they were made into movies. I mean, they were very X Men spent twenty years as being the most popular comic on the planet, right? Which is still like circulation one hundred thousand. Still like the tallest pygmy. <laughs> Well, at the time, I mean, comics are comics are so mainstream now. And well, they're different now. And yeah. superheroes are so ubiquitous in pop culture now. But that that was not true thirty years ago, and certainly only started changing in the last twenty years. You think because of like because of Marvel movies. Marvel Disney adaptations, Spider Man. Yes, absolutely. Because of because of high high quality, big budget studio treatments. But what about like? The Fantastic Four movie that <laughs> Roger Corman made. It's a good one. I once drove in a car all day with Reed Richards from that movie. Really? Yes. <laughs> I remember when uh, Jessica Alba first played Sue Storm in the... Um, is, is that the Fox version of... Yeah. And John Byrne said that she looked like a Hispanic like streetwalker or whatever. <sighs> that sounds pretty racist. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I you mean, say that? Can't you just say she's a terrible actress who's kind of hot? I mean, like, I mean, she's not kind of hot. <laughs> well, when you factor in how bad an actress she is, it you does... saw that. Have you ever seen that picture of her? And, Teddy Card Game used to have this picture of her and Ava Longoria sunbathing. You know which one I'm talking <laughs> no, about? No, I haven't seen it. Can you imagine? I, I can. You would never say she's kind of hot again. <laughs> it would be over. For you know that. why? Because she wasn't acting in that. <laughs> she was acting hot. <laughs> she was acting really hot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so closing thoughts on on the first pages of Born to the Gods. Uh, I, I mean, I think we really have not seen much yet. I, I like the Inspire mechanic quite a bit. I'm curious to see what they do with Tribute. It seems like yeah, a... Tribute's got some interesting... Tribu- tribute's going to be really... Uh, so, barring Temple of Enlightenment, what's your uh, favorite card so far? Cure. I think Pain's here is my favorite. What do you think is the most exciting card so far? Uh, um, Afara. The, the blue-white god. Oh, yeah. I think Kiara is the most exciting. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's that good. But, like, you know, sometimes we'll be like, oh, how's your deck? And I'll be like, it's certainly very exciting. I, I think, it's an answer that I sometimes get. I think, think Afara maybe not exciting necessarily for her specifically, but for the opening up the possibilities of two-color gods and what the rest of those might look like. But, what? you know, I'm, I'm really excited so far. Like, like I said, I feel like we, we've only scratched the surface of what? Inspire and Tribute. What's the blue-white equivalent of Boros Reckoner and Night Vale Spectre? Don't. There is. Is it judges familiar? It might be judges familiar. <laughs> really? No. There's got to be one that's three. Is there? It's like a two-two flyer, maybe. There's got to be a card, I don't, I don't right? Remember. Let's just reprint Geist the Saint Trap to call it a day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, we're gonna see more blue-white cards in that set. That'll be. Yeah. I, I'm really curious to see how those how those those cards will play out. So here's a. Um, ran- random card valuation question. How many creatures in Magic the Gathering are better than Snapcaster Mage? Just ballpark. How many are better? Uh, 
I don't know, somewhere between five and ten? I think that's about right. Uh, is one of those creatures Delver of Secrets? Probably, yes. I think probably yes. I, I, think, I think yes. I think I, yes. They're really close in power. That, one of them is certainly Death Rage Shaman. You think? Yes. I, think, I don't know that I rate Death Rage Shaman higher. I, 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 but I think I, I think I rate Death Rage Shaman higher than Delver of Secrets, so that's why I must. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, now, here's the other question. Is one of those creatures true name nemesis? No, only because true name nemesis. Is it a real magic it's card? It's just not a real magic card. <laughs> it's just like some. It's just like some boogeyman hiding under the bed of old formats. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, if you're really gonna say like oh, it's not a real magic card, then maybe it's just like it is, right? It, maybe that's just the case that it's just better, right? Because if it, can you imagine that card in standard, right? What would true name nemesis in standard look like? Would it matter? Yeah, I mean, it would certainly matter, but I mean, like, what would what would the what would the Ratchet Bomb slash Supreme Verdict? It would, you know, it would certainly affect your your deck choices. You imagine Mono Blue Devotion with that guy. Ah. You're like third turn that guy, Bind of Thassa. <laughs> How about like first turn Bird, second turn that guy? Because that's what I think would actually happen. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know where. If there was true name, I mean, I think he would have so much incentive to play he, it fast. He would obviously be absurd in, in every format he was legal. Yes, yeah, so Patrick and I were having this discussion. Like, I, I said, I, I'm not willing I to just, say true name nemesis is better than Snapcaster. Mage. I'm not, I'm not willing to say it either, just because it's just not. It's, it's, you know, you know, you know the term NIMBY. No, not in my backyard. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, people are like, oh, yeah, no, I think there should be a, a home for rehabilitating, you know, drug addicts. Just, you sure, know, not, somewhere not, else. Yeah, not you know, True Name Nemesis is definitely one of those things. I, you know, I don't play Legacy. I don't play Vintage. I play Commander. It's not that big a deal in Commander. But that's like a $50 so, Magic the Gathering card. I was like, oh, maybe I'll buy some for future use. I'm like, that's a lot. I can, I can loan you one if you need it. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> expensive, you know. Like, yeah. Um, so... Uh, well, at least it is I, for now. I got to target one. It was pretty exciting. Oh, how do you target it? Well, your it's targeting one of your other. It's naming one of your other opponents in a multiplayer. game. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, my, I think my favorite play that I made in all of uh, Holiday Cube was maybe in the second draft that I had, where uh, my I go morph. My opponent goes Guys of Saint Traff. Then he goes uh, Garrick Relentless, and then he obviously wants to get in with his Guys of Saint Traff. So he's like. You know, Garrick fights your morph, but my morph was Bill the Bender. Oh! So Bill the Bender made so that Garrick killed killed guys who say draft because he can't hex proof himself. Right? That's pretty. Sweet. And he was just like, "Oh my god, that was the sweetest!" I'm like, "Only in cube, right?" But I mean, Will, Will Bender is one of the most underrated magic cards of all time for limited formats, especially. For limited cube formats. is a limited format. Yeah, cube. Yeah. I mean, also Commander. I once I once made Rashad Dust Bowl his own Dust Bowl. So that was pretty sweet. So, um, so obviously, like that was a splatter fest because he's tapped out now, and Garuk's only got one yeah. one loyalty left. And you know Bill that, the Bender you know came in and finished is? him off. A bloodbath blood that happened. happened. Actually, no, it actually happened. just happened. But like, but when I just passed with the two mono open, it was bloodbath waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then it did. It happened. Stop, stop trying to make bloodbath happen. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have to try anymore. It happened. All right. I gotta go home. Bye. Later, everybody. Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores, Top 8 Magic. We Can will be back with Canada. more. We'll be back with more Born of the Gods soon.